Grace and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's such a joy to have you all gathered here in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. We are going through the letter to the Ephesians, a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians in Ephesus, a, a Greco-Roman culture. Uh, the congregation there was uh, Jewish and Gentiles. And you got to understand that a Gentile was anybody who wasn't ethnically Jewish. As we look through this whole letter to the Ephesians, we're going to see how God equips us and then how God engages us. And so today we're talking about how God engages us to be near. Now Paul starts off by asking us to remember. Remember what it was like before Christ. If we really want to appreciate who we are in Christ and what we have become. We have to remember what we were and what we would have become without Christ. Remember how far you were from God, from the people of God, from the gifts of God. So Paul's mostly addressing Gentiles, but it's true for all people. They were born sinful and unclean, born far away from God. There's a very famous story from World War I. It was on the Western Front in France. Uh, a group of soldiers had taken their uh, comrade who was killed in action to a local uh, church cemetery uh, to bury him. And the priest came out and kind of timidly, uh, uncomfortably asked the men if their fallen friend was a baptized member of the Roman Catholic Church. Well, his, his buddies weren't sure, so they, they honestly said, well, we don't know. And so very apologetically, the, the priest said, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't bury him inside, inside the walls of the cemetery. And so his friends sadly took their fallen comrade and, and dug a grave, buried him just outside of this stacked stone wall. Ephesians 2, Paul talks about being separated. Like this fallen soldier was separated from the saints the tri in the church triumphant gathered around the church there. And Paul says, remember how you were separated from Christ. Now, the Jews and the Gentiles were, <laughs> there's a lot of enmity, there's a lot of hatred uh, between these two groups. And I just put the dot, dot, dot there when it talks about, they called them uncircumcised, the circumcised people called them uncircumcised. These were had grown in that day to basically slurs. Uh, if you think of racial slurs today, uh, they, they just had no respect, no love, uh, no, no kindness, no concern for, for each other. And Paul's saying, now they're in this church together, but, but Gentiles, do you remember what it was like when you were separated from Christ? And he goes, uh, kind of expounds on it. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, the God's chosen people throughout the Old Testament. Do you remember what that was like? And 
even worse than that, you were strangers to the covenant of promise. Now note Paul's use of the word promise there and not law. Normally think of the covenant as being this law. But in actuality, throughout the Old Testament, God reconfirms his covenant with his people as a covenant of promise. It is not founded upon the law. It's not founded upon what the people do to please God. It is founded upon who God is and his favor that he, he bestows upon his people for no really good reason, certainly no merit or worthiness. But remember, you Gentiles, remember when you were strangers because you were separated and alienated? That means you were strangers to the covenant that I had given to my people, which means... The last thing Paul asked them to remember here is horrible. You have no hope. You have no hope. You are without God. And can you picture a life with no hope? Can you imagine dealing with the diagnosis of a sickness or a disease like Alzheimer's or a tumor or depression without Christ? Can you imagine facing a tragedy without the one who has conquered sin, death, and the grave by your side? Life without hope, how bleak. Life without God, how miserable. Paul says, do you remember what that's like? Do you realize it could still be that way? But it's not. He says, for he, for Jesus, is our peace. He who has made us both, two groups, both groups, who made us one group, he has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. Paul talks about this enmity and this, this just anger, just hate for each other as a dividing wall of hostility. I think it's really interesting. Archaeologists have discovered that uh, around the entire temple was called a sorig wall. And this wall was about hmm, four and a half feet high. And it was 15 feet from the edge of the temple, the outer steps. Again, all the way around the temple. And its purpose was to keep Gentiles out of the holy place, out of their temple. In 1871, a sign, it was written in Greek, dates to the time before Christ, uh, was found on one of these, uh, this wall, and it read, no foreigner may enter within the barrier and enclosure around the temple. Anyone who is caught doing so will have himself to blame for his ensuing death. I thought about putting one of those signs out on the street to welcome people to church here at Desert Foothills. Oh my goodness! In other words, stay far away. Get as far away from us as you can. Don't, you know, you, you come into this temple, you take your life in your hands. That is not very welcoming. But remember this, everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus, our relationship with God. This is a, a picture, this is like a foreshadowing, a type, right, of our, again, being born far from God, our separation from God. And how far 
we really are from the perfection that he expects, uh, from the love that he gives to us and wants us to share freely, effortlessly, uh, sacrificially with other people. And, and we fail time and time again. You see, sin is that ultimate dividing wall. Sin is that ultimate barrier between us and our creator. Our creator who is perfect, holy, holy, holy. We, selfish, sinful, terrible, don't deserve it. Actually can't even survive in the presence of a wonderful, holy God uh, with our sinfulness attained. Well, we were there, if you remember. We, were, we would be, today, we would be buried outside of the wall, separated by the wall of hostility. Well, back to the World War I story. The next day, uh, the soldiers, the platoon, came back to the cemetery just to check on their friend's grave, and they couldn't find it. They, they paced up and down the wall. They knew this was the wall. Finally, they just went all the way around. I mean, how hard is it to find fresh dirt outside of a wall? It says they were about to give up and walk away. The priest came out. And the priest said that he felt so heartbroken after their conversation the day before that he woke up early that morning and with his own hands moved the stones, moved the wall around their fallen soldier to include him in the company of the saints. Now Jesus has done that and more for us. Jesus not only moved the wall, he removed it completely. He destroyed the wall that separates us from God. Verse 13, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's the wonderful gospel, right? We are all born with this knowledge of a higher power, this concept. We know that there is a God. And you can go to any culture anywhere in the world, any time in history. They all believe in a God, God, some concept of it. And the other thing that they all know is that they made him mad. Whether it's in Central America and they're throwing, sacrificing people into volcanoes to appease the anger of God, or if it's in the Pacific Islands, they have these masks of the gods, that, these snarling teeth and these glaring eyes. You know, we, there is a God and we've messed up. We are far from him. But now in Christ, through his blood, he has brought us near to himself. He's destroyed that barrier that has separated us. We have no more guilt, no more shame when we stand before God. And now that we have been brought near to God, he's given us a mission in the world today. All of the barriers that stand between the peoples of this world, God's desire is for them to be destroyed that all are brought near to Jesus Christ. The church is a movement. It is this living and active 
movement as we carry out this purpose, this mission that Jesus left with his people here, Jews and Gentiles, men and women all over the world to share this gospel message. Now, it's really hard, right? Because just relationships, even good relationships, will erode if you don't take care of them. It's like a garden. It is like a, a retaining wall. If you don't take care of that relationship, it will erode. And then you just pile on top of that all of the sin, all the animosity and division that is stoked wherever, politics, religion, name your thing, but all over in every part of, of life, uh, the enemy works to uh, make us fight against each other. And that is just the opposite of what God wants for us. Now, I'm not saying we don't disagree with other people. Sometimes I disagree with my wife. Sometimes I disagree with myself. Right? But, but we don't hate each other. We don't have animosity toward each other. Right? The whole goal is for all of us to become near to God, near to Jesus. So how does this happen in this world where we're still waiting for Jesus to return to make all things new and wonderful again? We're still struggling with all of these differences, all these sins, this hatred that just builds and builds. Well, Paul says in verse 13, we skipped over it last time, but look at it again. But now, now you can believe. Now something new has happened. See, even before the whole new heavens and new earth come to be, even right now, you and I are living in that new kingdom of grace and promise of God and sharing that with our family, hopefully then with our friends and their friends, right? And churches, Christians, we're doing this all over the world, right? Sharing that, that promise, that grace with everybody. Uh, for Jesus himself is our peace. Of course, the opposite of peace is hostility. That dividing wall of hostility has been destroyed. Jesus is our peace, and it goes on, who has made us both one and has, again, broken down the dividing wall, not only between us and our creator, but between us and our neighbor, even between the red state and the blue state. Can I say that? I don't know if I say, even between the, the vaccined and the unvaccined. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too, I'm getting too personal here. But the, the, that's the whole point, right? Uh, all of these things have been used to just turn people into monsters. You think of the other person as just a horrible, horrible person. But don't you remember when you were a horrible person before Jesus came into your life and changed you, gave you his promise and his love? Man, that's what we're called to do, to share that with other people. Now, this is maybe the wildest, coolest thing I learned this week, uh, looking at this uh, section of Scripture. Uh, don't know if I realized it before. How does Jesus break down this dividing wall of hostility? It says he breaks it down in his flesh. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't know exactly how that happened, how this works. I'm just going to, this is what God's word says. This, this wall of hostility has been destroyed in his flesh. The very 
hatred that crucified him, somehow in God's plan, when that hatred was taken in his body, in his flesh, he killed it there. It's been destroyed, all of it. It's all been destroyed. In the flesh. We got a preview of this in Jesus' earthly ministry. Throughout his ministry, in the flesh, Jesus reached across cultural, political, religious boundaries to reach the others, those who are far from God, those who good, holy, you know, pious Jewish people would say they were so far from God, they were beyond hope, beyond salvation. Gentiles, lepers, tax collectors, women, sinners. Now, for Jesus to do this, this was very dangerous. It's one of the reasons he was crucified. It's still dangerous today to reach across those boundaries, to show compassion, love, grace to the, to the other. But here's what I really think is really powerful. When you talk about he, he destroyed this dividing wall of hostility in his flesh. When you hold on to a grudge, when you don't let go of anger, when you are just so overwhelmed with, with rage and hostility towards someone or something, it is as if you are reaching into the wound of Jesus and pulling it back out. Don't do that. Don't do that. Leave it in there. He has destroyed it. Let go of your anger. Let go of your hostility, your grudges, your, your rages against ideas or people. There is a wonderful promise that we can still cling to today. That Jesus has torn down the things that divide us. Jesus has came uh, to, to preach peace to us. He did it on the day of resurrection. He appeared to his disciples and said, peace be with you. He's done it throughout the ages when he promised that blessed are the peacemakers. And he is doing it even today through me. And he can do it tomorrow through you. If you love, if you share, speak, do these things that reach across those walls that separate us and share the love of Jesus Christ. We can do it now. Amen? All right. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, we do realize that we were born sinful. Uh, we, we still today uh, struggle with our selfish nature to want to put ourselves first, uh, to want to be right even more than to be right. And Lord, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to continue the good work that it has begun in us, that we not only grow in our faith toward you, but we continue to grow in love toward our neighbor. These things we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, who died and rose to bring us near to you. Amen.